Hi, welcome to episode 503 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and I'm thinking about opening my own Fantastic Forecast gift shop. Today is Fantastic Four 503, a.k.a. Volume 3, Number 74, from November 2003. Authoritative Action, Part 1, by Mark Wade and guest artist Howard Porter. One fine day, at a store filled with Fantastic Four merchandise. A store filled with Fantastic Four merchandise? That is the most unlikely, unrealistic thing we've seen in 503 issues. The place is busy. A boy is buying a set of Fantastic Four action figures. But the store also has posters and t-shirts and other forms of Fantastic Four memorabilia. Except, as a clerk has to notify one customer, they do not have nude photos of Sue Richards. Which seems like a real waste of a potential revenue stream for the Fantastic Four, something they should seriously consider. In the middle of the store, a holographic projector is showing some of the FF's greatest battles. Currently on display is an epic fight with one of the Heralds of Galactus, Terax. The holographic video goes on to describe the members of the Fantastic Four in all of their heroic detail while bratty kids beg for their parents to buy them things. The sign on the door outside says that it's the Fantastic Four gift shop located in the Baxter Building. Surely one of the most dangerous gift shops in America. Second only to the gift shop for the TV show The Wire located on the corner of Mulberry Street and Fremont Avenue in Baltimore. A man and a woman from Wisconsin get mistaken momentarily for Reed and Sue Richards and they get mobbed by fans who are quickly disappointed. Bill and Joan Anderson, thanks to their similarity to Reed and Sue, they like to dress up for them every year at the String Cheese Parade. The String Cheese Parade. You know, I'm not a big fan of parades. I don't care much for holiday parades or sports victory parades or gay pride parades or whatever, but a parade devoted to cheese? Sign me up! I'm moving to Wisconsin! One lady mentions that she's been hanging out there every day for a week, but she still hasn't seen any members of the Fantastic Four. She says that like she's unlucky, but frankly, she's lucky to still be alive. Standing out on the street outside the Baxter building, she could be crushed by flying cars or furniture, burned alive by stray flames, and if a supervillain attacks, it could even be more dangerous. People say that it seems like the FF aren't even home, and we get a shot of the top of the Baxter building, which is still completely trashed. Maybe the Fantastic Four aren't home, maybe they came to their senses and realized they shouldn't be occupying a building that should be condemned. And in Latveria, where the despotic leader Dr. Victor Von Doom has gone missing again, and for some reason, everyone seems to know it. There's no Doombots running around, tricking people into thinking that Dr. Doom is still alive. We focus on one soldier. Her name is Naja Muraru in the Latvian army. Why do we, we need to, why do we need to know her name? Well, anyway, they have an army in Latveria? That's the first I've heard of it. I thought Doom had a bunch of robots protecting the country. I didn't know they had like a real army of like army people. 
The narration says that the Latvian army has always been a bit superfluous. No shit. Now, with Dr. Doom gone, the Latvian army has to defend their country from an invading force. The massive, powerful, mighty, terrifying army of Hungary. The phrase, the Hungarian army is coming, is enough to make anyone poop their pants. But then, help arrives to fight back the invaders with blasts of sweltering flames, is the human torch, and from a ship high in the air, out leaps the thing, landing on a Hungarian tank, Squish. The invisible woman puts up a force field around some Hungarians, and an army leader is about to order a treat of retreat when he gets grabbed by a long, stretchy arm, and Mr. Fantastic tells him, No, you'll retreat when I give the order. He goes on to tell the army guy that the next time they plan to invade Latveria, he will hit Hungary with a computer virus that will make 1920 look like the world of tomorrow. The fact that Reed seems to have created his own computer virus makes me like him a whole lot less. What a douchey thing to be doing in his spare time. So the Hungarians turn and run away, and a brick comes flying in and hits Sue in the back of her head. And she's like, I'm okay. I shouldn't have turned my back. She just shrugs it off. A brick in the back of her head? She didn't say anything about putting up a force field just in time. She just took a brick in the back of her head. Like it's no big deal. It's just a brick. To her, to her head. Maybe it was a brick made out of clay or soft clay or something. She puts up a force field to protect them from the attacking Latvian army. And she says that it's up to Reed to get them into Castle Doom. He says that the building has sensors that will detect the DNA of the Fantastic Four. So he gives everyone arm armbands that contain Dr. Doom's DNA. So they will read as him when they pass the building's defenses. Actually, won't they read as a combination of the Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom? Which seems like it would really confuse the security systems. Ben wonders how Reed got a sample of Doctor Doom's DNA. Johnny says that Reed traveled back in time and got some strands of Doom's hair, as seen last issue. Which is very different from the way that Ben normally gets a sample of a dude's DNA. So the FF barge into the castle, with Reed saying that it's time to let the Latverians know there's a new sheriff in town. Johnny tries to talk to some locals, and ends up asking Reed if he speaks Latverian. Latverian? I was always under the impression that they spoke English. They've never had a language barrier in the previous, like, hundred trips to Latveria. Reed gets to this big metal door, and he starts stretching out his arms and fingers to unlock it. It opens up, and inside, this group of Doombots are in the middle of hiding Doom's technology by taking it into the teleportation machine. Reed, as always, of course, being an inferior scientific mind, wants to take Doom's technology for himself. Thanks to the armbands, the robots read Reed and the others as Dr. Doom too. So Ben clobbers some of the robots and the FF get to work on retrieving all of Doom's devices. Ben makes a comment that Doom really took care of his people. No crime, no disease. They don't want for nothing at all. Wait! No disease? Has Doom figured out a cure for all diseases? Is there nothing that man can't do? Reed says they need to get all of Doom's equipment before someone like the Mad Thinker shows up. 
or Hydra or Zodiac or or AIM. Lord knows the things that AOL could do to improve AIM if they got their hands on Doctor Doom's technology. Reed tells Sue to barricade the castle and get rid of the staff. He tells Ben to gather up anything worth keeping. And he tells Johnny to start melting down the rest. Let's hope Johnny doesn't melt down the machine that cures all diseases by accident. The next morning, the FF have been up all night working. Ben, Sue, and Johnny are chatting, and they mention how Reed was in a funk. And Johnny got him out of the funk by suggesting that Reed do something. Therefore, he decided to invade a foreign country, which was probably not what Johnny had in mind. They look outside and see the townspeople burning the FF in effigy. You know you really hate someone when you go through the trouble of creating a dummy that looks like the person you hate just so you can burn it. Giving the middle finger is so lazy, but burning someone in effigy, that's just classy. Lots of people have hated me, but no one has ever hated me enough to burn me in effigy. And even after I've done 500 of these podcasts, what the hell do I have to do to get some recognition around here? Sue says they shouldn't judge the people of Latveria because Dr. Doom brainwashed them into hating the FF. Huh. A person in a position of power teaching his followers to hate other people? I'm glad nothing like that ever happens in the United States. Reed, meanwhile, is looking down from higher up. And he takes off his FF uniform shirt, he ties up the arms, and he calls down to the others, and he tells them that he needs them. They head upstairs and they find Reed in his t-shirt, pulling on a rope. Johnny asks if he's ready to go home, and Reed says, We're not going home. He pulls the rope and raises a flag. It's his FF shirt, which has become a Fantastic Four flag raised up over Castle Doom. So they're going to stay and make the castle their home? Well, that sounds interesting, but didn't they just do that a few years ago at the end of the Claremont run? Well, that's the end of the issue, which is the first part of a six-part storyline, so this issue is mostly just a setup. I don't remember what happens next, but hopefully it's something different from what Claremont did when they were living in Castle Doom a few years ago. So that's all for this episode. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at, g- at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at podcastff, or you can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. Just good friends, but you know we've never been nicer.